Discerning Hearts provides content dedicated to those on the spiritual journey. To continue production of these podcasts, prayers, and more, go to discerninghearts.com and click the donate link found there or inside the free Discerning Hearts app to make your donation. Thanks and God bless. Discerninghearts.com presents St. Teresa of Avila, Spiritual Warfare and the Progress of the Soul with Dan Burke, who is the founder and president of the Avila Institute for Spiritual Formation. He's also the co-host of the Divine Intimacy radio show with his wife, Stephanie. He is the author and editor of more than 17 books on Catholic spirituality, including Devil in the Castle, the book on which this series is based. St. Teresa of Avila, Spiritual Warfare and the Progress of the Soul, with Dan Burke. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. I think the point that you made so clear is that God wants to do more in us, those contemplative graces he wants to pour into us, but our attachment to certain things, to certain consolations, she's trying to warn us here not to do that. And the enemy wants you to hold on to this. He wants you to, to desire your prayer to be a wonderful prayer and that you have this outpouring and there will become discouragement. That's another thing that will happen. It can't be sustained because it's not from God. If it's coming from you, it, you will ultimately run dry. That yes. fountain is going to run dry. Yeah. And then you be, get discouraged or you get distracted. And the enemy wants to just get in there and say, see, there you go. This wasn't going to work for you. Where is God? Was it all? He'll make you question everything. And you warn us about that in the book, don't you? Yeah, so both John and Teresa, John more explicitly warn of what we would call contemplative aridity. It's the perceived, aridity is best understood as the perceived absence of the presence of God. So he's absent in our perception, but not in reality. And it's important to note that actually can help you with hope and faith, you know. But he's removing consolations, removing sensible pleasures in the interior life, things that you had before, because he's trying to teach you a replace a, what uh, St. Catherine Siena would call a mercenary love with a more selfless love, right? Mm -hmm. So as you noted, the parallels in other aspects of spiritual growth, you see them all through the doctors of the church, Catherine of Siena, Teresa of Avila, John of the Cross, St. Francis de Sales, there's a purification of love from purely selfish, then to mercenary, and then to this deeper loving purely be- for the sake of the other, just because of the, the worthiness of the other, the good of the other, just because they bear the image of God in a human sense, but certainly God is worthy of all our love. So it's, uh, it's a time where he removes those pleasures but the key, the way you know you're fine, uh, in a sense, is that you want to pray. But the devil, as you noted, will say to you, Chris, he's not here. You are wasting your time. He will even begin to make you question prior consolations and, and experiences of contemplative graces, tastes or touches of contemplative graces. And he'll say, Chris, you're just making all this up. I mean, you're a good woman, but this never happened. And uh, 
look at this last time you went to confession. Where's the evidence? And, you know, so he, he'll work whatever way. As Ignatius says in Rule 14 of the first set of rules, he's constantly watching you and constantly assessing where you're weakest in your virtues or, or you know, where you fall easily. And he's constantly pushing on those protections around your soul. And then, you know, if you have dropped your guard, like we talked about earlier, Mm-hmm. and allowed one of those virtues to remain unsupported. Because one of the issues in the interior life that's hard to understand is you don't get a virtue and it just sustains itself. It doesn't work that way. I think the best analogy is you don't get muscles, strength, physical strength, in whatever way you might measure it, and then stop working at it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Everyone can get that. Like, yeah, of course. I got, if I worked really hard to get the muscles I wanted or the fitness I want, and then I stop, I just instantly begin to deteriorate. Any stay in the hospital reveals how, how quick you can deteriorate. I lost 15 pounds when I got COVID in a matter of like eight days, something like that. Mm. So, so similarly in the spiritual life, we acquire a virtue. We constantly have to be deliberate and work at that virtue, reinforce, reinforce, reinforce. And he'll say, you know, you got that one. You're good. And or you'll fall into a little stupor or focus on some other thing or get busy being tempted to do some good that is not God's will. And then that virtue will wane and then he'll tempt you. And sometimes, unfortunately, if our guard has dropped significantly, you can go from fifth, sixth, uh, seventh mansion to back to out of the castle through mortal sin. I don't know how high various figures have fallen that you and I have witnessed in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. But certainly they have fallen minimum, at least from the, the very good heights of the purgative way. The purgative way is the end of the purgative way is nothing to be sneezed at in terms of a person can be called holy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they're living a holy life. They're praying prayer every day. They're, the sacraments are right, all of that. But he finds that weakness that you've allowed to emerge and will exploit it to its fullest. And, you know, I think it's pretty damaging to us, to us in the body of the church when that happens, but God be praised. She always gives an encouraging word. We are more aware. We are more capable of fighting. We are closer to the King of Kings. That's why it's so important what you've advocated in all of your work, that importance of a rule for life a discipline, the spiritual exercise that you enter into every day. I I can't help but be reminded as you're speaking, Dan, of one of the great desert fathers, John Cassian. And he talks, and I'm sure you're aware of this, of the ladder. Yeah. And um, on the top of the ladder, you can go when you're battling vice with a complementing virtue, essentially. You can battle pride and say, okay, I got that. And then there's lust and jealousy and Avarice, and you can go all the way down to that bottom rung, and then on the very bottom rung is gluttony. Yeah. And if you can't stop gluttony, the devil will always have a hook on that ladder yeah. and drag you back up. And why is that important? That's why we fast. Yeah. If you cannot control your appetite, it's one thing to eat to sustain yourself, it's another thing to continually feed what your appetites are. 
I think in the United States, when you look at you and I both traveled in Europe, you can always tell the Americans. No mistake that I'm an American woman because I'm not a little teeny Italian or uh, French or anything like that because we have so much and we can't give it up. And if you can't look for that weakest point, like you said, and then you begin to go right back up, you begin to slide. That's a scary place, isn't it? Yeah, well, and but God be praised, we, we can know it, right? And we can mm-hmm. use the tools of the saints. I think it's funny that you say what you say. I weigh myself every day because I do, as I've gotten older, my metabolism, as I learned to like food, my metabolism dropped like a rock. So, so they were all simultaneously, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, some of the hardest sins to deal with long term as the Desert Fathers are, are, are want to speak of are those that we have to participate in the near occasion uh, in order to sustain ourselves norm- normatively. So what does that mean? Well, the the near occasion, which I call in the book when we talk about it, the no zone, mm-hmm. the near occasion zone is that zone in which you're close to the point at which like two very powerful magnets, if you go another inch closer, they're going to snap together and you're going to sin. You know, so you know, how many pieces of sushi did I need to eat last night? Probably mm-hmm. six. I had eight. So when I hit the scale this morning, I'm a little bit beyond what I should be. But the rule of life, what it does is it's like a scale, right? It, it It's so powerful. And I think, I don't know who first invented the idea, but certainly your spirituality, Benedictine spirituality from long, long ago had a, a beautiful rule. But there's a rule, which is a, a general idea of how I live, like a spirituality rule. Mm-hmm. There's a personal rule, which is, okay, what areas am I weak in that I need to track every day with an examine to be deliberate, you know, to, to fight against those sins? So for me, gluttony is one. Uh, impatience is another. You remember St. Catherine uh, in God the Father revealed to her, you know, that impatience is a, a sign of a, of a lack of love, and it's a great sign for where you are spiritually. So I have a break out of that, in particular, of gentleness, slow to speak, you know, a, a set of things that I, every morning I assess my prior day on, but those are what helps to keep those virtues strong, because we can just be lulled into that sleep. I guess the hard part about it all is because you're not committing those sins mortally, like I'm not slapping anyone or beating up anyone, you cannot be as contrite as you should be over minor infractions. But a contrasting good is the deeper you get into the castle, the more sensitive you are to your infractions, if you will. Imperfections can bother you as much as venial sins used to, but never really quite as much as mortal sins did, right? You know, so it's like, well, it's an imperfection. Yeah, but it keeps a part of your heart from the one who wants all of your heart and who gave all of his heart to you. Like, it makes me emotional to say it. How how can you treat that lightly? And, And it's because we don't think about it like that. It's just, oh, it's just a minor thing. I'll just take another muffin you know, whatever, whatever it is. But I will say on a side note, that is my favorite icon. I have two favorite icons. The Ladder of Divine Ascent by St. Mm. John Copicus. Well, I mean, it's I don't know if he painted it, but it's a depiction of his teaching. Sure. And then the, the Patokrator, which both are from St. Catherine's in Egypt, which I found out 
funny enough, at a later time in life that they came from the same place. But there's some very powerful stuff in the Desert Fathers. And in fact, uh, one of the great things that they do that I think uh, can aid a, a spiritual path and to fight is there's a book by Evagrius called Talking Back. Oh, I love that book. Do you? Oh, I love awesome? it. You just take the scripture and you just yeah. tuck right back to it. Well, and it's totally in keeping, of course, with Jesus's temptation in the wilderness. It's that model. Jesus used scripture to talk back to the devil, and we can do the same. So Evagrius talking back, you can check that out. But um, it just gives you a kind of uh, all of this, Teresa of Avila, John of the Cross, all of these great spiritual resources give us all the tools we need to fight against the enemy and keep stay on the ladder, you know, stay firm, keep climbing by God's grace. We'll return to St. Teresa of Avila, Spiritual Warfare and the Progress of the Soul with Dan Burke in just a moment. Did you know that Discerning Hearts has a free app in which you can find all your favorite Discerning Hearts programming? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Deacon James Keating, Mike Aquilina, Dr. Matthew Bunsen, and so many more are found on the Discerning Hearts free app. Did you also know that you can stream Discerning Hearts programming on numerous streaming platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and so many more. And did you know that Discerning Hearts also has the YouTube page? Be sure to check out all these different places where you can find Discerning Hearts. A Love Song by St. Teresa of Avila Majestic Sovereign, Timeless Wisdom Your kindness melts my hard, cold soul Handsome lover, selfless giver Your beauty fills my dull, sad eyes I am yours You made me I am yours You called me I am yours You saved me I am yours. You loved me. I will never leave your presence. Give me death. Give me life. Give me sickness. Give me health. Give me honor. Give me shame. Give me weakness. Give me strength. I will have whatever you give. Amen. Hello, my name is Deacon Omar Gutierrez, and I want to ask you to support Discerning Hearts in a special way. We, Chris McGregor, the board, and I all know that not everyone listening can help financially. We know we have listeners from all parts of the world, and we have made a commitment since the beginning to make the truths shared through Discerning Hearts totally free. So while you may not be able to contribute financially, what you can do is certainly pray, but also give us positive reviews on whatever platform you use to listen to us. If it's iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, however it is that you get these podcasts, or if you're on YouTube and you like our videos, please give us a good rating and write a review. The more good ratings and reviews we get, the higher our profile, and the more listeners will discover us, listeners who may have the means to contribute in the future. Please consider rating us and writing a positive review today.
We now return to St. Teresa of Avila, Spiritual Warfare and the Progress of the Soul with Dan Burke. I think that brings up a, a nice little footnote, too, that for those who are just coming to know Teresa's writings, that she's steeped in scripture. She didn't necessarily have the big Dewey Rames Bible at, at her access. She would know better than I, but she knew scripture and the power of those sacred words, even if they were small snippets. Boy, they were bullets for her. Yeah, I mean, she admonishes us quite explicitly and over and over to never leave behind the humanity of Jesus. Well, what does she mean by that? And how do you know that? Well, where is the humanity of Jesus depicted in terms of his suffering and his life and what we're to emulate and what we're to weep over, what we're to rejoice over and all of that? It's in the scripture. You know, that's how we, that's how we, of course, in sacred art, but where does sacred Mm -hmm. art get the sources? It's from scripture. So she was, John of the Cross uh, was, of all the saints I've ever read, you may you may disagree with this, but I've never read any saint that has more scriptural allusions or direct quotes than John of the Cross. So both of them were deeply, constantly immersed in the scripture. And John, you know, for those listening who want to understand Teresa, read them together, you know, read Living Flame of Love first with, you know, this book and the book of her life, you know, and uh, they will definitely help you to grow spiritually. Yeah. And just as a fun thing you could do too, count the number of exclamation points that Teresa uses. In her <laughs> I've, writing. Never done that. I've never done that. <laughs> There's nobody, nobody that uses more exclamation points than Teresa of Avila. She's she, a lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's like a good mama. Now pay attention to what I'm saying here. She's just delightful in that. One of the things that I, because again, you make the interior castle so practical, not just, again, she's talking as a mama and she's very encouraging. And so a lot of times we grab, and we mentioned this before, we'll grab all the things that will bring about joy and delight in our prayer. But there's also the side of her that she warns. She wants you to be aware in that section in the book that you will have in, in the chapters in the summary, it's called How to Battle These Tactics Successfully of the Enemy. It talks about avoid a prideful assessment of failure when your mind wanders, as if you could control your mind if you simply worked harder. Simply ignore and avoid making a fuss over your wandering mind. I think that's tough. Yeah, you're, you're pointing back to another element that we discussed, and that is this spiritual pride that can emerge. And so we, what we do is, fundamentally, it's, I'm better than this. Darn it. This got to go away. I'm better than this. And it's, it's much better to go. It's, the disposition is much better. I'm all, Catherine Siena is kind of such a perfect reflection of this when the devil says you know you're a loser she says exactly and that's why (laughs) jesus is my savior you know i'm summarizing Mm -hmm. but similarly here it's my mind is wandering it should cause our eyes (laughs) this is emotional to me it should cause our eyes to lower in humility and it's just lord yes i am here yes i am weak yes i need you desperately please help me that that will draw 
the mercy of God. You get frustrated. <laughs> You're just, you, you, it's sort of a double, doubly destructive, right? Because one, mm -hmm. no, you're not as advanced as you thought. No, you're not as capable in and of yourself as you thought. And now you're going to increase your adrenaline and your irritation. And the devil's like, yeah, now you're in my school of prayer. Now you're in my school of prayer. My school of prayer will teach you to go to hell. God's school of prayer is, is a school of humility. It's a, hum it's a school of holy dependence. It's a, it's a school of the fruits of love and contrition are what bring about progress. It's sort of, I love that illustration. I think it was Therese, I don't know who, where you have the little baby at the bottom of the stairs who sees the mama at the top and he's got his little diaper on and uh, he's not quite, a, you know, tall enough to get up the next step. Maybe he makes it up one and then he tries to make it up two, but he's not strong enough and tall enough. And he tries and tries and tries. And then because he wants to be with mama and then he and he wears himself out and he plops down on his little diaper and just cries. You know, what's mama do? She comes down and gets him. But a good mom will wait until that moment because she knows you need the power of that striving is important. And I want to go back to something you said earlier, which is so important, um, or you alluded to it. The secret to progress in the purgative way, foundationally, of course, sacramental uh, spirituality is healthy, is fidelity to prayer, mental prayer. The secret in uh, the illuminative way is fidelity to ascesis, meaning this deliberate striving and self-giving that is one that recognizes he's the one that does it, but nonetheless, we do it humbly in our attempt to best cooperate with him, and we live deliberately, purposefully, but recognizing there are going to be many moments where we plop down in our little diaper, probably full, and needing to be changed, but there is no remedy except outside of us. And that's, mm -hmm. that's Jesus himself. Dan, when you say in this fourth mansion, you tell us in the book that the enemy's power over you is weakening in dramatic fashion. Mm -hmm. That what you just described is not so much that the enemy is working and blocking us, now we're in the realm of we are blocking ourselves. Oh, yeah. We want to attribute everything to the enemy. In, in a very real way, we do have this enemy that wants to get in our way. Yeah. But at this stage, in this mansion, God is working now on us and our will. And that's more and more true. You know, the deeper mm -hmm. you get in, it's more and more true because he has less and less power. But yeah, it's just one of the great things you'll uh, help your listeners uncover with uh, Father Haggerty's work in your study on his John of the Cross Master of Contemplation, I think is the title, is that uh, John is constantly trying to help us get out of the way of God. You know? <laughs> and Father Haggerty draws that out beautifully. But yeah, you're exactly right. It's, it's just this, the revelation, even the little junk that the enemy does is to help us to see what we need to 
willfully choose or allow God to heal to get out of the way of God. Well, and that is a big part, if I'm not mistaken, of what both you and your incredible, beautiful spouse, Stephanie, has seen the need in the souls you've encountered is that woundedness that needs the healing. And it becomes really apparent in this particular mansion. And you see it in the first, second, and third, but the souls that are coming here, there's an awareness now. I can't, can I blame this on the enemy? Can I blame this? No, there's something going on inside of me. What, what happened to me? Yeah, and I, you know, uh, the Father Dennis McManus, who who's helping us, works for us in the High Calling program where we're doing priestly formation. He he was an exorcist. I, he may be still commissioned as such, but he he says the the hell is a wound factory. It's mm-hmm. a striking comment. It's a wound factory, you know, and so our wounds are a ways in either for God or for the enemy. And we are the ones uh, who determine which way, what our wounds will yield in terms of fruit. Uh, Of course, Jesus perfectly lived out uh, the model of what it means to allow wounds to heal and to yield uh, the healing of the sufficient to save all of humanity across all time. We have the same choice, you know, and, and... what are we going to do? What are we going to do with the pain? And what are we going to do with the suffering? What are we going to do with the temptations? Are we going to allow God in? Or are we going to allow bitterness in? Unforgiveness in? Are we going to allow the enemy to rule? And it's just, uh, it's something we have to choose. We have to say to the Lord. Because he won't force himself on us. Um, he, he only comes by invitation. And uh, to the degree that we're open and invite him, we will receive the graces he desires to give us and the healing he desires to give us. Wow. Well, Dan, I'm so grateful that we've had an opportunity to talk about this fourth mansion and the encouragement you give through this particular passage, which will help us to glimpse into that that beautiful crystal that's the fifth mansion that we all maybe have gotten, like you said earlier, we've gotten maybe glimpses of it because, and Teresa said, we we need to, God wants us to strive for it. Mm-hmm. She wants us to get there. And so, you know, in this particular battleground of the fourth mansion, do you have any closing thoughts, anything that we haven't touched on before we enter into that next part of our discussion? Well, I think probably be good to end with, her own encouragement. The enemy's power over you is weakened, weakening in dramatic fashion. Even temptations are allowed to lead you to healing and an awareness of the truth that God's desire is to purify you more deeply so that he might draw you closer to himself. All of this is a supreme act of love that we might come to to full union with him. So God be praised for his kindness and goodness and his constant forgiveness and constant self-giving and the holy sacrifice in the mass and his patience for us so that we might know an eternal relationship of love with him. Amen. Thank you, Dan, so much. It's been great being with you again. 
You've been listening to St. Teresa of Avila, Spiritual Warfare and the Progress of the Soul with Dan Burke. To hear and or to download this conversation along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com or you can find it within the free Discerning Hearts app. Also, you can view the video of our conversation by visiting the Discerning Hearts YouTube channel. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission, which is to offer authentic and rock-solid spiritual formation freely to souls around the world. And if you find us worthy, please consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com and join us next time for St. Teresa of Avila, Spiritual Warfare, and the Progress of the Soul with Dan Burke.